Jerry Foster here, and welcome to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I am the creator of the Big Brand Formula and president of Jerry Foster Branding, where we specialize in working with service-based entrepreneurs who want to create a big brand and a strong message that sells so you can excite, delight, and ignite your market and make it easier to get clients. So please stick around to the end of the show and we will share how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes or so. In the meantime, let's go. Okay, welcome everybody to the Brand Ford Leadership Podcast. I'm Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the branding evangelist. And I got to tell you, I am absolutely thrilled about my guest today. Her name is Patty Block. And Patty teaches women business owners who are experts in their fields how to turn up their power to price, sell, and run their businesses on their own terms. I love that. Now, what this means is fine-tuning their operations and scaling their revenue for strategic growth. And Patty, as their trusted advisor, she brings a unique perspective, having experienced and solved many of the complex issues that women owners face as leaders, as moms, as daughters, and as sisters. So she's got a breadth of, uh, of experience and perspective to share with us. Now, Forming a partnership of unbiased accountability, Patty helps women position their companies financially, operationally, techn technologically for game-changing results. And on top of all of that, she has raised three fantastic kids, all of whom are business owners and also work in Patty's company. So she essentially raised her own workforce. So, Patty, it is so great to have you. My God, you're awesome. How are you? Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, now, tell everyone a quick overview on top of all of that. Exactly where are you as a leader and, and what is your work primarily about? So let me share with you. When I was growing up, my mom used to make these fabulous cookies. The whole house smelled good. It was warm. The cookies were gooey. Kind of makes your mouth water. And all my life, I watched my mom eat the broken cookies. But it wasn't until I was a teenager that I even thought to ask her, why do you only eat the broken cookies? Do they taste better? And she laughed and said, no, I eat the broken cookies so you can have the whole ones. Ooh. And not too long ago, I saw this really shocking statistic. 62% of women rely on their business for their primary income, and 88% of those businesses make less than $100,000 a year. And all of a sudden, this image of my mom eating the broken cookies popped into my head. And I have now named that the broken cookie effect. And what happens is I realized we as women business owners, we have grown up watching our role models our moms and our grandmothers who put everyone else first. And so we come into our businesses thinking we can't serve others and still make a lot of money. And so 
we are, it's almost like we're creating a self-imposed glass ceiling in our businesses. And I had seen this pattern for quite a long time, but it was when I started connecting those dots and realizing this is what I'm seeing. And it is so pervasive. Again, I work with women business owners that are experts in their fields. So a lot of us have come out of corporate careers mm. where an hourly billing model, where a, a real glass ceiling exists, all of those things that then we bring into our businesses and they artificially limit how we can grow. So that became my mission to change that for women business owners. I love that. And, and this is really fascinating because I'm wondering to that point, what is the biggest problem that you solve for your clients? Are there certain obstacles challenges, fears, frustrations that, that they're dealing with that you help them overcome? Sure. So, you know, one of the issues is that as women, we mm -hmm. undervalue ourselves and we underprice our services. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the biggest things, because I believe that everything in your business flows from your pricing. When you can hire, who you can hire, how you can invest in technology, how much money you can take out of your business for your own personal use. All of that, that's about profit. And a lot of people are very fixated on your top line revenue, right? I'm bringing in $100,000 a year. I'm bringing in $500,000. I'm bringing in a million dollars. But to me, that's very meaningless because you have to subtract all your expenses, your taxes, and really see what your net income is to know if you're profitable. And you can be profitable one month and not the next. Yeah. So there's a real misunderstanding, again, not just for women, but for all small business owners. There's a real misunderstanding of the difference between revenue and profit. And so that's a huge challenge. And, and because women are already underpricing, we're really not only limiting, but in some ways self-sabotaging what we're doing in our business. Mm -hmm. Another... Is it kind of a mindset issue with them? Yeah, it's a mindset. It's also how we're raised, going back to the broken cookie effect. Mm -hmm. But also there's a lack of confidence. And we feel very competent and confident about providing our service because we're experts and we know what we're doing. But we may not feel as confident when it comes to pricing and talking about that pricing. And we may not feel as confident when it comes to selling. And lots of women don't even want to use the term selling. I was talking to a colleague recently who said she uses the word enroll. And I'm thinking, okay, you can use different words and it's still selling. And you still have to lead your buyer on a journey so they're ready to buy. So that's a lot of what I teach. I teach how to build your pricing model, how to talk about it, how to help your buyer understand what it is, the, the real value that you're bringing and the kinds of results that you get. And then I also help, I teach women a sales method that I developed so that they can feel more confident and they can guide their buyers. I love that. Now, I don't need to tell you this. There are a lot of people out there coaches, consultants, people who consider themselves experts and authorities in this whole conversation around how to have 
a profitable company, how to separate revenues from the bottom line. They target women business owners or whatever. What makes your company different from all those other folks in the industry? Because as you know, Patty, the, Patty, this is the brand Ford leadership podcast. So it's all about big branding. So how do you differentiate yourself? That's a great question. And it's something that ironically has changed over time. So when I started this company in 2006, working only with women business owners was a differentiator. And there were people who questioned me to say, oh, you're cutting out half the market and are you crazy? And why are you bringing this focus? But I know that's where I have the biggest impact. I am a woman business owner. I understand all the challenges and the patterns, and the dynamics. So that means I'm uniquely positioned to help them shift the way they're thinking and the way they're operating. Over time, as you pointed out, there are thousands of businesses that focus only on women business owners. So it became clear to me that I needed a different differentiator. And while I still focus only on helping women, now what I've really shifted to is focusing on helping you generate more revenue with less stress. And that again, when we're talking about revenue, it goes back to pricing. And I'm not someone who says everyone needs to raise their prices. That's not realistic. And it also is super uncomfortable for a lot of women business owners. There's a lot of fear under that. So I'm someone who says, when you build structure and rationale into your pricing, then you can talk about it with more confidence. You understand it better and your ideal buyer will understand it better which means your sales are going to be more successful and you're going to be attracting the right kinds of buyers. Because remember, as humans, we often equate low price and low quality and high price and high quality. So if you're offering a service, I work mostly with accountants, engineers, attorneys, and marketing and PR professionals. So when you're offering a service, let's say you're an accountant and you're an outsourced CFO. When someone comes to you and you are the low cost leader, they're gonna to start to wonder why. Hmm. And they're wondering if that means your customer service may not be as good as your competitor, or you may not have a very big team, or do you really know what you're doing? Can you really get them to that next level that they're striving for? So they'll start to question why is this so much less expensive than three other bids that I've gotten? And so there's a lot of psychology behind this. And we don't want to play a lot of mental gymnastics, which, by the way, is another huge challenge for women. <laughs> but when you feel very grounded in what you're offering, what your pricing is, and as I said, there's a rationale behind it, it makes it so much easier to talk about it. Absolutely. And I, I really love what you do. And I can totally relate to the significance of it. And you caught my ear when you were talking about your sales method, because what lies at the heart of a true strong brand, one that's really distinct, is the way you lead, the way you serve, the way you deliver. So tell me more about 
that sales method, because it sounds like that's part of your differentiation in terms of what makes your way better than other options, right? Thank you. You know, what I re recognized early in my journey was that I took a bunch of sales programs and I took a bunch of pricing programs. And what I found, especially with the sales programs, is that they were typically developed by men for men. Ooh. And there were issues that were coming up for women that were not addressed, especially this issue of fear, mm. fear of rejection, fear, sometimes fear of success, fear of conflict, that if I raise my prices, then I have to talk to people about that. And that feels like conflict to me. So, so much fear and anxiety around their pricing. So, and when we have fear and anxiety, we tend to avoid. Well, if you're avoiding your sales, then your company can't grow. And it's very likely that you only have an inbound effort, which means you're, you're taking whoever comes to you instead of attracting the right buyers or going to find the right buyers. And I make a distinction between an ideal buyer and an ideal client. And I do that on purpose. And I wanted to mention that here because from a marketing standpoint, the marketing companies talk about your ideal client, defining who that is, and then going out and finding them. But I feel like that puts the cart before the horse because an ideal client doesn't happen by accident. It happens when you find an ideal buyer, you take them on a journey, they're ready to buy. It's more like matchmaking. Mm -hmm. And in the onboarding process, you're, out, you're laying out your expectations and they're talking about their expectations and there's a meeting of the minds. So for example, if you don't take calls in the evening, but you have a client who, even though they know that, they feel as though their situations are always urgent and it's okay for them to call you in the evening. And if they are repeatedly doing that and you're repeatedly holding your boundaries, mm -hmm. that is not an ideal client. Wow. And there's an opportunity there for you to kind of retrain them and help them understand you don't accept calls in the evening and you'll be happy to get back with them first thing in the morning. Yes. So, so the ideal buyer concept is a really important one. And that's part of what I teach the program. I have two programs. One is called value driven pricing. Wow. So that's to build your pricing model. And the other is called painless selling to ideal buyers. And the painless selling method is one that I've developed that is very focused on guiding your buyer. Of course, it's finding your buyers first and not assuming that everyone who comes to you is an ideal buyer. As women, we, uh, you know, that old dating idea where when we're teenagers and we start dating, we think that everyone we, that's interested in us is the one, right? <laughs> Quote, unquote, the one. And if they're not the one, we can change them. We can turn them into the one. <laughs> and we bring that into our businesses too. And we think any buyer who comes to us is the right buyer. And most of the time they're not. So that creates a whole new set of problems. So as you can tell, I'm a planner and I want to fix things on the front end instead of doing damage control once things are already in motion. So that's a big emphasis that I put on 
Yes, it's mindset. Yes, we're going to help you shift that. But it's also the planning phase on your pricing and your sales so that your business runs smoother. It's less stressful. That's what I mean about generating more revenue with less stress, mm -hmm. because we're taking some of those stressful situations that feel like conflict. We're going to take those away by planning ahead. I really love this because you are reflecting what my work is about in terms of brand forward leadership. And you're also hitting upon one of the sore spots that, that I've noticed, especially when it does come to women business owners. And that is, there's a lot of outdated advice floating around from all the so-called gurus, right? All these authorities and experts and coaches and so on and so forth. And so a lot of owners, a lot of, especially women business owners are being misled. So talk about that for a moment. What really bugs you? What really bothers you in terms of what's floating around that's causing perhaps a lot of these female leaders to waste a lot of time and money on? You know, I'm one of those people. I have wasted so much time and money working with people that I thought were gonna deliver and didn't, mm -hmm. or people that I thought had, quote, the answer, and yeah. they don't. Yeah. And that is very frustrating for me, for me as a business owner, mm -hmm. but for me, because I see my clients getting burned as well. So one of the things that, uh, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around pricing. Yeah, yeah. Pricing can actually drive your sales. And going back to that idea of high quality equates with high price. Okay. There, let me share with you a story that I think helps illustrate this well. Sure, sure. So my client, Diana, is a PR professional. And she was contacted by a gentleman through LinkedIn. Uh -huh. They had a call. When they spoke, everything was urgent because... This was a new position for him in an energy company. Mm -hmm. He was a new VP. He really wanted to prove himself. And there was a PR effort that had started under the, his predecessor, but had fallen flat. And he needed to revive that. That was right from the CEO, that he needed to revive it and get everything in place. And he felt a great deal of urgency. Mm -hmm. So he contacted Diana. She got her team organized. And they started not only having these conversations, but putting a proposal together. And she and I were working together for partially for her sales process and partially for this pricing piece. And she came in at a price of about $40,000. And as we went through and deconstructed it, I asked her, so there are some extraordinary circumstances here because he wants you to do the work that would normally take you six months he wants you to do that in less than 90 days. So there's an, a speed issue. There's a capacity issue because you have to allot your resources, mm -hmm. internal and external. Mm -hmm. So there's so many elements to this that it should be a higher price because you pay for things that you want faster or higher quality or, right? And that's true in the marketplace in general. So we eventually talked it through and I recommended she price it at about $85,000. Mm. She was terrified 
And she got to 70,000. She said, I think I can do it at 70. Mm -hmm. So she meets with him. She uh, proposes this. He doesn't bat an eye, which tells me she could have gone higher. <laughs> but that's what she was comfortable with. She finds out a week later that one of her competitors had given him a proposal for $120,000 and he didn't bat an eye. So she ended up not getting the work. Mm -hmm. And all that to say, even though her price was lower than her competitors, she still didn't get the work. Mm -hmm. And I was actually secretly relieved because I knew how much lower she had priced it than she needed to and for the amount of work and she needed to pay her people and she had her own expenses so where was her profit going to be so it's that kind of thing going back to your question about yeah. what is some advice that people get and women in particular that is sending them off course mm -hmm. one thing that just drives me crazy is this issue of what the market can bear and we hear that a lot. And my belief, and why this drives me crazy, is because there is no such thing as what the market can bear. If you are finding your ideal buyers, if you're in the right market, there really is, you know, as long as you're building value in how you're talking about it, and if your pricing makes sense to your buyer, the sky's the limit. It's different when you're a product-related company because you have a supply chain. You have expenses that you factor into that. When you're a service company, other than if you pay people to help you, your expenses are relatively low. And the quality, I mean, how many attorneys do we know that are charging between $600 and $900 an hour? I know some attorneys who charge $1,000 an hour. Now, I'm no fan of hourly billing, and I preach against it whenever I can mm -hmm. and help women convert from hourly billing to a value-based model. But people are willing to pay when they feel as though the quality is high and they're getting what they want. And, and I'm going to highlight that, not what they need, People buy what they want, not what they need. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You sound like a brandy person <laughs> because it's all about configuring your brand to attract around what people want as opposed to their needs. And, and, and there's different ways you can look at that. But I want to get back to this whole idea about ideal buyers because I find that intriguing. Tell me and tell our audience as well, of course about how do you find your ideal buyers? I mean, are you doing any kind of marketing? What are you doing to grow your business? Yes, so let me make a couple distinctions. Uh -huh. So I make a distinction between marketing, business development and sales. Okay. And I do that with my clients. I help them understand that there is a distinction in my mind. Marketing in my mind is about raising visibility, huh. about um, it could be about attracting leads under the right circumstances, but not always. So posting on LinkedIn, for example, probably won't generate leads. Some unusual cases it can, but that hasn't been my experience and is definitely not the experience of my clients. Mm -hmm. But speaking engagements, podcast interviews, mm -hmm. that does bring in leads. Mm -hmm. So that is one of my favorite strategies is 
speaking engagements that are live speaking engagements. I did one two days ago that was fabulous, where it's a group of people and it's on Zoom. So I am doing a workshop which can be very interactive and then follow up with the participants. Mm -hmm. But there's also podcast interviews and other speaking engagements that I can engage in. And that is a great marketing strategy. Yeah. Business development, in my view, is about building relationships. Mm -hmm. Every one of my clients builds their company based on relationships, referrals, introductions, and trusted colleagues who introduce them to others. That is also a very good strategy for me. Mm -hmm. The problem we run into is when we only have an inbound effort. So marketing is outbound, obviously, right? Because we're raising visibility. Mm -hmm. Business development, a lot of us wait for the phone to ring. So if you're gonna be very proactive in business development, it means joining particular groups, reaching out to particular people, having an outbound effort, which is also what I do and what I teach. And then separate from that is the sales. And sales is very different psychologically. You can have a business development meeting where you get to know someone and nothing could come of it, mm. right? And that happens to us all the time. Yes. It was nice to meet you. It was great. We socialize. We have a lot in common. That's wonderful. But we may not click. And they may not realize that they want or need our services. Or maybe they're not ready. Wow. So because of that, that sales mindset is very different because you're going somewhere. And not only are you going somewhere, but so is your buyer. And we often think it's going to happen naturally, and it doesn't work that way. That's why there are a million different sales courses out there. <laughs> because it doesn't work that way. So you need to have an intentional method, an intentional process, and not panic because you have a new prospect and you need to figure out how to convince them to buy from you. What I teach is you're not convincing anyone of anything. That's not what sales is about. It is about understanding the value you're bringing, communicating that effectively, and taking your buyer on this journey so they're ready to buy. Woo, I love that. Now, let me ask you this. If you had a magic wand, what would you create for your business? Because you are obviously someone who's about making a difference and reaching more people and impacting more people, the women business owners, of course. So what would you like that magic wand to do for your business? I would like to create additional revenue roundtables. Oh, okay. I have uh, that program actually came out of developing value-driven pricing and painless selling because I did pilot programs and I had the same group of women in both of those pilots. Okay. And at the end, they asked me what's next and how can we keep our group together? <laughs> so I developed the revenue roundtable to generate more revenue with less stress. And there are lots of different ways of doing that in addition to pricing. Mm -hmm. So I, it's kind of, um, it's a modified mastermind in that there's a strong educational basis to it. And it's a group of peers of women business owners. We're all experts in our fields. 
And we all have similar problems or challenges or frustrations. So I currently, I started that in 2021 and I currently have a revenue roundtable that is continuing to, to move along and the group has become very cohesive. And I'd like to create additional revenue roundtables. And the goal of that is to reach more women business owners so that they don't feel as though their business is a burden and they understand it was really fun and exciting when they started their business. And somewhere along the way, it becomes much less fun, much more stressful and becomes a burden. And it doesn't have to be that way. And when I talk about running your business on your own terms, that's what I mean. So that's the goal of Revenue Roundtable is to lift that burden and bring some joy back to running your business. Woohoo, I love this. Now, if someone is listening and they want to take that next step with you because they like what they're hearing, they're connecting with you, where should they go? Theblockgroup.net is my website, theblockgroup.net. And also I'd like to offer your audience a free quiz. It's called My Revenue Roadblocks. And when you go to my website, you'll see up in the top, there's a, a link to take the quiz. And when you do, it will help you recognize the roadblocks that are keeping you stuck in terms of generating more revenue. And you'll get a report that outlines some of the common myths that we deal with and some of the first steps that you can take to deal with the roadblocks that you'll discover. So. That is, um, it's a really powerful way to start to become aware of why you're feeling so stuck. Wow. Well, listen, this has been outstanding. Our viewers, our listeners, those of you who are women entrepreneurs, leaders, business owners, go to Patty's website at the blockgroup.net. I got that right. And take that quiz because you don't know what you don't know as the old cliche goes. And so, Patty, I just want to thank you for being here today. Your pearls of wisdom were just spot on. And I, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed this. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jerry. This has been great. And to our listeners and viewers, this is Jerry Foster, the big branding guy signing off, also known as the branding evangelist. Take care. Jerry Foster here. Thank you so much for listening to my Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. Now, if you, if you are a successful service-based entrepreneur yourself and you've got amazing expertise, I mean services, skills, talents, and abilities that you offer through your company or yourself, and you've been in business for five, 10 years or more, and you would like to be a guest on this program, I would love to have you. Simply visit jerryfosterbranding.com forward slash brandforwardleadership forward slash apply, and I will certainly check you out and get to know you and so on and so forth. Now, let me just add a couple of other things. Number one, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media for me? And if so, just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials, okay? 
And number two, if you know someone that you feel would be a great guest, someone that I should meet and connect with and so on and so forth, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag BrandForgeLeadership because I love seeing your posts. I love guest suggestions. That's how we all grow. That's how we all connect and make it through this world, which are through our relationships and our connections. And lastly, let me throw this in. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. I'm always on the lookout for not only great guests, but great content. And so therefore, because we're always putting great new stuff out, juicy stuff, make sure you don't miss any episodes in the future. So please go ahead and subscribe. And I also love what? I love support. I love love. <laughs> so your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. So if you can find it in your heart, to go ahead and show me that kind of support and love. I would really appreciate it. And on a second note, if you would like to know more about me, the work that I do, simply go to my website at jerryfosterbranding.com or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook at Jerry Foster Branding or Instagram at Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Okay? Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Again, thanks for listening. Until we see you the next time, 